most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everyone? Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your fantasy preview for NFL Week 12. I am your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And on today's show, we're going to break down the Thanksgiving DFS slate, the three-game Thursday slate. Uh, We'll also dive into the Week 12 main slate uh, that takes place on Sunday. And we will build some DFS lineups as well. Here to break it down with me, one of the top fantasy rankers, prop bettors, all that good stuff in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, as always, what, what what's your top stack for Thanksgiving food and what's your dart throw? Ooh, top stack? I gotta go... I gotta go cranberry sauce and stuffing. I love I love both of those things. When they mix uh, together, to that's a that's a true like, stack. Well, I, it, yeah, well, because I, I also put the gravy on them, but oh. like on the gravy on the stuffing. But I just like I don't like to have one without the other. I need to have both with the turkey. Uh, and a dart throw, hmm, that's a good one. I'm gonna say some pumpkin pie. That's a dart throw. That seems pretty chalky to me. Really? Who I doesn't I, love I pumpkin, pumpkin pie? pie. Was Halloween? Oh no, am I? No, yeah, pumpkin, isn't pumpkin pie Halloween? Uh, no, no just all the pumpkins from Halloween. Oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn it in a pie, and it's delicious with some Cool Whip on it. I mean, I don't have pumpkin That's... pie or pie very often, so all pie True. is kind of a dart throw. My go-to pie is apple pie. So, uh, but what about you? Uh, yeah, for stacks, uh, gotta go mashed potatoes and gravy with my mother-in-law's stuffing, which instead of turkey, I, I don't like turkey. Uh, hmm. So Thanksgiving is kind of weird for me, but she uses uh, Italian sausage instead. It's amazing. Um, and then my, my dart throw would be like the, uh, string bean casserole. Uh, that's definitely one of my guilty pleasures when it comes to Thanksgiving food, but, uh, it's, it's a bit dicey. Not, not everybody loves it, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I could give you a dart throw oxtail. That's on, that's on West Indian Thanksgiving. That's, that's one not a lot of people. I mean, pumpkin pie is not a dart throw, but oxtail is. That's a great dart throw. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, I have more oxtail than pumpkin pie, honestly. So <laughs> to me, it's kind of reverse, but point taken. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we are going to jump into the Thanksgiving slate. Uh, but before we do, just a reminder that uh, we have a contest every week. We pick our favorite five-star rating and reviewer from the pod. So if you haven't left one, be sure to, and you can win a free year of Action Pro uh, or some swag from the Action Network store if you'd like, and you already have a sub. Uh, this week's winner, Spank Helmer. Uh, so thank you, Spank Helmer, for the five-star rating and review. We appreciate it. Hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. Also, don't forget, we got our Discord server popping off. Uh, link in the episode description. Uh, if you're interested in that, but Thanksgiving, we got three games, so we kind of go through the 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 main Thanksgiving slate. Uh, but we can kind of talk through you know each one of these these games and who we like as we go through. But Green Bay at Detroit, the Lions favored by seven and a half. The total was forty seven in that one, so projecting about a twenty seven twenty Detroit game there. Washington at Dallas. Cowboys favored by 11, the total uh, around 48. So Cowboys expected to push 30. Washington expected to be under 20. And then this is the interesting one. San Francisco at Seattle for the Thursday night football game. The Niners are favored by six and a half on the road, but the total just 43 uh, makes me think that, you know, and we're recording this on, on Tuesday, Geno Smith Right now, they're saying he's going to go, but that total makes me think somebody knows something because <laughs> that that total should not be that low uh, if you have uh, you know a healthy Geno Smith in yep. in in, uh, in this game going against the Niners, who you know they put up. I mean, most weeks they're going to put up thirty by themselves. So yeah, that total is kind of 
maybe a little bit of a tip off uh, mm-hmm. to to expect. Uh, no, no Gino, maybe some Drew Locke. So with that being said, uh, let's start with some stacks. Uh, who do you like? Uh, so I'm going to target uh, the Lions with this one. Uh, so I think Jared Goff and either Amon Ra, St. Brown, or Sam Laporta. But more importantly, you complete the double stack with Jamison Williams, who's only 3,400 here. Uh, and then send it back on the other side with Jaden Reed. So, you know, Jamison Williams is really starting to heat up. Uh, he had a 66% routes run rate last game, which is a season high, which I, I think is a career high. Um, and his his target rate has taken, you know, a slight hit after he's been seeing more playing time, which, you know, can happen uh, to, to a lot of receivers. But I think he's only going to get better. Um, and he could have just a massive breakout game coming uh, any week now. So I, I'd want to get on it here while he's still super cheap. Um, and then, you know, I like sending it back with Jaden Reed on the other side, who's also playing at a really high level. Uh, last week, he saw three design rush attempts for 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I think, you know, with Aaron Jones, you know, expected to miss this game and maybe longer, uh, it makes sense to use Reed as sort of like a Debo Samuel type role. You know, A.J. Dillon's a thunder, but they need some lightning. And, you know, Reed can be kind of like a shifty wide receiver in the backfield using that running back at times. So, you know, I think he has massive upside either way, uh, but they could get creative with him uh, with Aaron Jones out. So I just like, uh, you know, sending it the other way with Jaden Reed here, but I think, you know, stacking the lions here makes a ton of sense. Yeah, de- most definitely. Um, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little more about Jamison in a bit, but uh, yeah, no, Jaden Reed has been popping off the screen, watching him on tape each and every week. And it's funny because his snap rate, fluctuates a lot like it, one week he'll be like 55 percent, next week yeah. be 80%, but it seems like he makes plays no matter what uh happens so uh this week dontavian wicks looks like he's in the concussion protocol so he's mm-hmm. iffy uh which i think might shore up the uh you know the snaps for the top three guys because wicks had been you know emerging as as a guy cutting into all of their snaps uh, you know, three games with 49 or more receiving yards, 91 in the last game. So if he's out, that's actually uh, a big loss for, for Jordan Love, but it helps it helps those other guys like Jaden Reed. So I like that one. Uh, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy and, and stacking him with the with the fel- with his fellow Niners here. So Purdy's just 6,100 uh, on DK. He is the fourth most expensive quarterback. Uh, he's cheaper than Sam Howell which is, I think, pretty nuts because <laughs> Brock Purdy now has Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, healthy, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, the whole gang. Now, it could, like, if Geno's out, maybe you don't see quite as much pressure on the Niners to throw the ball, but that really hasn't mattered. Purdy, it's been all about the efficiency, and the Niners are just ruthlessly efficient with all those guys healthy. So if you look at the last two wins, uh, they were blowouts. Well, I mean, 27-14 against the Bucks last week. Maybe some people don't consider that a ball, but it was it was they were leading handily most of the game. And uh in that game he had 333 yards, three touchdowns, and then in a 34-3 win against Jacksonville, 296 yards and three touchdowns. So and then the the last win before that was that Dallas win, and he had 252 yards and four touchdowns. So uh, the way the Niners kind of do things these days, you know, it's not, they're not just kind of feeling out Purdy and kind of easing him in anymore. They're, they're not afraid to, to let him throw and, uh, you know, put, keep putting up the passing yards. And this Seahawks defense has been a little bit better against the run than against the pass. So uh, I think you're, even if this is a, you know, Niner blowout or pretty, you know, easy, no sweat win for the Niners, I still think Purdy uh, makes a lot of sense stacked with uh Ayuk at 7k Debo at 5900 and Kittle at, at 6k I'd probably go two out of those three in most of the stacks and then mix in some with all three uh as well but I like Debo and Kittle because they are you know around the same price as Purdy so all three of those guys would average out to 6k which is pretty affordable for the kind of upside that you're getting there but Ayuk has been so ridiculous that you can't you can't completely fade him it's just not his ideal as in a stack because you're always trying to get you know some value with these uh with these stacks especially on these kind of slates so but still like purdy i think he sticks out like a sore thumb uh as the fourth highest price quarterback 
Yeah, I mean, obviously he benefits from the scheme under Kyle Shanahan, but Purdy is actually really good as a quarterback. So it's, it's you're getting just like the best of both worlds with Purdy in Shanahan's scheme. Yeah, some of the throws he's making, I mean, it's Ty like Uke. across his I, yeah, it's, it's they're just ridiculous. But <laughs> you know, he just he 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 can he's throwing with anticipation, which is that's the mark of a good quarterback. You know, yep. I mean, not really much else to say there. Uh, and I think even this his downstretch, I mean, it coincided with a concussion. It coincided mm-hmm. with Trent Williams being out, Christian McCaffrey being banged up. Like that was really the only time we've ever seen this offense yep. or him him look human in this offense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's one of these guys. I'm not I'm not afraid to target even in projected uh, positive game script. But who do you like for dart throws on this slate? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh. Okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if he's a dart throw, but uh, Zach Charbonnet at 5,300. Uh, if if Walker is out here, is a completely is a must- the opposite of a dart throw. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's. Uh, I gotta talk about him. Completely the opposite of a dart throw. I don't give Guy's a shit. The I, of chalk. <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm just saying. Whatever percent uh, his roster ship is is probably still too low. If it's under 100, <laughs> percent it's still too low. Uh, he's the only running back I think is a clear good play right now. So uh, moving on to wide receiver, I already mentioned him. <laughs> you, know, you, you keep talking about it. I'm just, I'm just. Oh, I mean, I've, I've talked about Charbonnet <laughs> enough. My waiver wire piece every week just opens up saying if Zach Charbonnet is still available, add him now. Uh, before if Kenneth Walker were to miss time, you're gonna have to blow a ton of money on him. He has so much upside. So every week I've been reminding people to just stash him at least in case this were to happen. Uh, wide receiver, I already mentioned him. Jamison Williams at 3,400 is a great dart throw. So is, you know, Jalen Tolbert at uh, 3,100. Uh, you know, he's managed to split the wide receiver three work with Michael Gallup uh, the, the past three weeks now, really. So he's he's been averaging uh, 50% routes run rate the last three games uh, and a really impressive 23% target rate over those three games, too. So he's definitely worth a flyer at $3,100. You know, even if he were to continue uh, at this usage, uh, he's worth it. But there's a chance he could just leapfrog Gallup and they want to use him more. So I think he has a, a pretty high ceiling here. Uh, good matchup, you know, against the commanders. Dak Prescott's been on fire. So be able to get, you know, potentially the Cowboys number three wide receiver at near min price uh, is hard to pass up here. So love Tolbert. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's been, his route, route participation rate's been rising. Um, you know, I think... The only thing I oh, I worry about with him is when exactly is he is it do you think he's better in a more neutral game script or do you think he's better Ooh. in a like blowout game script at this point because I almost feel like it used to be like when he was the clear number 4 it was like okay it's probably better the Cowboys just blow somebody out and then you know they it's it's so early in the game that they're still passing but they're kind of taking out some of their you know starters but now that he's kind of as like the co-number three, does that mean we want more of a just neutral like game script for the game to stay close for him? Or what do you think? Yeah, no, I think um, probably blowouts still help him. He, he's been really splitting work with Gallup uh, when, when games are close. And then when it's a blowout, they pull Gallup as, I guess, the veteran and they leave Tolbert out there. So, you know, in week 10, when they beat the Jets by you know, over 30 points, he had a season high 63% routes run rate. And a lot of that was due to just, he was still in there towards the end of the game. So, uh, but obviously in a blowout, they're going to be throwing less. So it kind of offsets a bit. Uh, But either way, this is really, really bad news for Michael Gallup. Any way you slice it. (laughs) But I think with Tolbert, a a game against the commanders where they might win by, you know, two scores, I I think that's probably better for him. Okay. Yeah. Because like, you know, when you build these kind of lineups, you know, we always talk about got to have to kind of tell a story with your lineup mm-hmm. you, know, you want to kind of have an idea of how you're projecting you know a, spe- a couple of specific outcomes you know just three different games so maybe you say three outcomes and that even goes for like your if you're fading a game so you know you could stack up let's say Cowboys and and, and the Packers game and you know you're, you're essentially saying well 
that 49er Seahawks game is going to be super low scoring. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe Christian McCaffrey gets like all the touchdowns in the game, you know, something like that. So even if you're fading a game, you still need to kind of have a, uh, an idea of how that could come to fruition in a way that could put you over the edge. You know, you can't just fade a game and then, you know, to hell with it. And then, like, there's going to be somebody in that game probably that's going to blow yeah. up. But if he's like, if it's the most expensive player or or one of them, then you say, okay, well, if I expect, let's say McCaffrey and Ayuk to get most of the production in that game, and both of those guys are pretty expensive, there just might be better values. And that's how I see that playing out. So you have to kind mm-hmm. of think of that uh, when you're building lineups on, you know, for a three game slate, but it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of fun game theory uh, that you can kind of uh, employ there. But uh yeah like tobert as well um love jmo i mean this I, he was he was a guy i had i had written down and you just straight up stole him from me but it's all it's all Jack good well that's what Jack you get for i mean you just put all the good players in all the outlines i i was just dealing with scraps hey, over here thanksgiving I, scraps. I, I was trying to i was trying to fill out the outline <laughs> early to give you i knew you would be busy so i was like all right i could, yeah, I could follow weave around all your nah, studs I, I could figure something out <laughs> Right, yeah, you're about to hear some studs, but now nah, just to, you know, just to put a a, a bow on on JMO, the last two weeks career highs in route participation, fifty five percent two weeks ago, and then sixty six percent, and that was coming out of the buy. We always talk about this too. Rookies coming out of the buy, that's when it tends to click, and lo and behold, finally got a score that didn't get called back uh, last <laughs> yeah. last week, and also Green Bay zone super zone heavy, one of the zone heavy most zone heavy teams under. Uh, under Joe Barry and Williams averaging 1.7 yards a route and uh, an average up the target of just over 19 against zone against man coverage, zero yards per route and an <laughs> average up the target of just eight. So that's, that's interesting because you think of JMO as a downfield guy, but you would think against man coverage, he would be going you know deeper down, but maybe Goff's just not looking at him on some of those um, throws, but either way, he's been, he's been great against green Bay scheme. So love him. Another cowboy that uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't steal this guy, uh, Rico Dowdle. You know, you were talking him up last week, and I think that was a great call. And he's now averaging 11 touches over his last two games, uh, just under 50 total yards, and he has a touchdown. And he's had double-digit touches each of the last two, and their Cowboys are 11-point favorites and <laughs> rising at some some spots. So either way, uh, this could be another spot where you see Dowdle uh kind of mopping up but also i've i was reading that the coaching staff wants to give dowdle more carries mm-hmm. when the game is you know in still in the balance and we've been seeing that so uh really like rico dowdle going against this washington team that just gave up like i mean so much production to say quan barkley it was ridiculous <laughs> like two touchdowns on the uh, and through the air 57 receiving yards uh, a bunch of yards on the ground as well for Barkley last week. So I think Dowdle can definitely, you know, Dowdle and Pollard can be productive, but Dowdle is going to be that leverage play and he's 4,600, which is pretty much, he's even, you know, he's not going to get as many touches as Charbonnet, but that is kind of a cheaper pivot where, you know, Dowdle can get 10 touches and find the end zone and Charbonnet gets like 17 touches, but doesn't score a touchdown. Uh, you know, those guys could be pretty close in, in scoring. And there's not many other running backs like that. Or really, there's not any yeah. running backs like that on this slate. Uh, another dark throw, true dark throw here. <laughs> since, uh, since you know, not even a Jalen Tolbert, Jamison Williams, we're going to go a tier, a tier down from oh, that. Oh, wow. True, Where are we going? A true, you know, guy who <laughs> probably is running single-digit routes in this game, in the game. But Byron Pringle, he is min-priced on DraftKings. He's 200 over min-priced. On FanDuel, he's a Washington commander, like number five receiver. For some, I realize some people might not even know who the heck that is. But uh, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys play the most man coverage in the league. And Pringle has a team high 2.9 yards per route and a team high 19.3 average depth of target against man coverage. Uh, against zone, just 1.3 yards a route and an average up the target of four. So he has been essentially Washington's man, one of their man beaters. Uh, he tends to see his most action against defenses that play a lot of man, like the Giants. Uh, he, he popped up for a couple catches. Uh, but yeah, oh, like 50% of his targets and over half of his receiving yardage this year uh, have come against man coverage. So he's one of those guys who, 
it's a true dart throw. I mean, the the, the median is probably what zero, probably zero catches <laughs> for Byron yeah. Pringle. But uh, this is the type of defense that he would pop against, and you never know, especially with this, you know, big spread. There's a lot of different ways that he could hit. I mean, he could hit if they just use him more against this defense anyway, because he's, you know, he'll he'll have like the number four corner on him. Or if there's a blowout, he'd be getting snaps down the stretch because McLaurin and, and Jahan Dotson, those guys aren't playing, you know, 95, 100% of the snaps most weeks anyway. They're usually in that 85% range. So either way, I think Byron Pringle is a pretty intriguing dart through that. I I don't think will be more than you know five. He'll definitely right. be in the single digits. I I would think uh, on this uh, on this slate in terms of ownership. And uh, one more at tight end, uh, and this is the cheapest starting startable amount of routes that you could get, and that's Noah Fant. He is twenty seven hundred on DK, forty seven hundred on FanDuel, and nothing in particular sticks out about the matchup. <laughs> Except, I guess, I mean, I guess you could say, you know, San Francisco is pretty zone heavy, which tends to help tight ends and running backs. But, uh, you know, he's going to run around about anywhere from 45 to 55% of the time. Uh, whereas everyone priced under him, you're talking about, you know, 25, 30% if you're lucky, like a Brock Wright maybe gets to 30% some days. But Fan is the starting, is the number one tight end for the Seahawks. And he did have a five catch, 32 yard, one touchdown outing. Uh, in his last regular season game against the Niners last year. So not the playoff game, but the last regular season game. So he's one for three in in terms of uh, popping off against the Niners because they played (laughs) three games last year. But, I mean, that's pretty good odds for 2,700, you know, guy who's 2,700. So I I think he's a guy who doesn't stick out for any reason in particular. So I don't think he'll see super high ownership either, especially with some pretty decent tight ends uh, on this slate. But – He's a guy that can kind of make salaries, make salaries work. So, uh, like Noah Fan as well. Yeah, I like the Dowdle call. Obviously, um, he he still hasn't been able to practice though. He he's been deal- he popped up late in the week on the injury report, that ankle injury. But then um, he played. They they uh, Deuce Vaughn was a healthy scratch, so they yep. clearly weren't that worried about it, right? I mean, the yeah. the Cowboys are at full health right now. They could have easily had Vaughn. Um, you know, active in that game just in case, but they didn't. So I'm not too worried about it, but it'd be nice to see him practice at least, you know, before Thursday, but uh, something moderate, maybe I'll keep his roster ship down having that big red Q there next to his name. Uh, but something to monitor e- either way, it wasn't a concern last week, so it might not be here, but uh, something to watch. Yeah. It seems like this is more just maintenance for him, for mm-hmm. him, because uh, I noticed that too. And usually those like midweek ads to the injury report are pretty dire to be honest with you it's uh usually you are going to see some type of dip but uh didn't really see anything and yeah i noticed that too dallas has been going with the two running backs most weeks uh pollard and dowdo and then they keep the fullback hunter lipke you know he's active every Mm -hmm. week and he can slide in and play tailback if they need so yeah if you if you're if you're heavily investing into Dowdle and you're doing like multi-entry, I think, you know, you probably want to get some, like at least one or two uh, lineups with the uh, Hunter Lipke in it. Cause Ooh, if, if, Dowdle were, if Dowdle or Pollard were to get hurt, I'm pretty sure you see Lipke carry the football, kind of like Kari Blossom game. Yeah, I was going to say. those eight carries. Yep, yep. Yeah. Eight carries for 13 yards or whatever, but something. Yeah, but he's better than know? that. I think Lipke's yeah. a little better than that. Like he's, he could actually, yeah. you know, make a guy, make a guy or two miss. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw him at all in the preseason, but he wasn't, oh, he wasn't bad. Uh, you know me. I watched every single yeah, yeah. snap so he, in the preseason. Yeah. So that's, how he got yeah. the, he got, that's how he got the job. Yeah. He, was, he was kind of – he actually did play some tailback in the preseason, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he wasn't just solely a fullback. So, yeah, um, yep. yeah he's he's another interesting one. But just uh recap real quick since we went through a lot of a lot of names. Uh, Stacks, uh, Sean like Goff, Jamison Williams, Jaden Reed. I like Purdy, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle. Uh, Sean for dart throws, like Zach Charbonnet, who's not a dart throw. So for just Chuck, one more chance, to, just one Chuck. more chance to talk about him, please, please. <laughs> and then uh, Jamison Williams, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, I like Dowdle, Jamo, uh, Byron Pringle, Noah Fant. All right, main slate stacks. What do you like? Uh, I'm going with the the Aiden O'Connell stack again here. Um, so I'm going with Aiden O'Connell, Devonte Adams, Michael Mayer, uh, and sending it back with Isaiah Pacheco. Um, you know, last week I, I thought this was a sneaky stack 
against the Dolphins. Um, you know, I just think O'Connell's a viable option in like large GPPs. Uh, he, he's a bit of a wild card. Again, he kind of reminds me of Jameis Winston in a sense. Like he will just play YOLO ball. And last week, you know, he threw for 271 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but unfortunately, that came with three picks. Um, so, th- I mean, it could have easily been a uh, bigger game. And he's also, you know, probably on the brink of maybe getting benched in game. So you have to consider that when you do this. But this that's why I like this. Uh, it's a very volatile stack. Um, you know, Devontae Adams has been much better, uh, more involved, I should say, with O'Connell under center when they are throwing. Um, so like his upside here, but also Michael Mayer, uh, we've seen his usage tick up quite a bit, uh, you know, over the fa- past few weeks, I think last week was his season high, which is his career high routes run rate of 73%. Um, and he's a rookie with a ton of upside. He has a ton of talent. So the fact that he's only 2,600, you know, means he's a great, uh, dart throw as well. And then I like sending it back with Isaiah Pacheco, you know, Kansas city just might lean on the run game a lot more here. Why not against the Raiders? Um, you know, Mahomes is let down by his receivers, even Travis Kelsey at times last week. So I bet they, you know, just lean on Pacheco a little bit more here than normal. Um, so like the idea of just stacking this game, uh, just going full on YOLO ball with Aiden O'Connell here again. Yeah, I didn't, I did not expect that. Actually, that was not on my radar because Kansas city has been what a top three pass DVOA. So I didn't even, I was not even looking at that, but yeah, if Kansas city puts up a, a lot of points, I think, you know, really, the defense doesn't really matter at that point. You're just <laughs> yeah, throwing against prevent for the most part, you know. So that's how I think that's how it would have to hit. But if it's a close game, I don't think that would be the game. I think you would need so that, that's why it makes sense to run it back with Pacheco because yeah. uh, you're probably going to need a very positive Kansas City game script because if it's neutral, I mean, they've they've been Kansas yeah. City's been impressive, man. Like last yeah. three weeks, Jalen Hurts 150 yards. Yeah, he got the two touches on the ground, but 150 yards passing. Two at Tongue of Ilo, 193 yards pass and one touchdown. And uh, Russ had three touchdowns, but only 114 uh, pass yards. And they still haven't given up uh, – yeah, they still haven't given up a 300-yard game. So totally it's different from matchup. what we kind of remember. Yeah, yeah. Tough, but O'Connell, again, I think he's fearless. Um, also, Pacheco and Chiefs defense is also worth yeah. a stack because O'Connell can take a lot of sacks. Again, he just stands there in the pocket, unfazed with pressure, which is a problem. And he throws a ton of picks. So <laughs> you could absolutely go with a Pacheco Chiefs uh, stack. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not guaranteeing O'Connell's going to have a good game, but he's such a wild card. We just have to kind of roll the dice on him while he's still the starting quarterback in these potential negative uh, game scripts. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You mentioned the sacks for Aiden O'Connell. I feel like there are a few quarterbacks this year that are single handedly just raising the league average. Sackery. It's like seven point it's seven point two this year. It's usually around six and a half, you know, six point seven maybe percent. Yeah. It's seven point two percent this year. And I feel like that's just Tommy DeVito and and Aiden O'Connell. Like these guys just going down Bryce at Young, like, Sam Howell. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't even mention how could I forget how? Yeah, because like the last three, four years, it was COVID year, it was five point nine percent. Then 2021, mm. 6.2%. Then 2022, 6.7%. And now it's 7.2%. That's a pretty big jump in four years. And and it's like a lot of these backup and just, you know, young quarterbacks. I, we also yeah. set the record for rookie starting quarterbacks. A lot yep. of backups. A lot of big name quarterbacks going down. You know, Brady's retired. Uh, a lot of reasons. But, yeah, that's a good point. The, the sack rates have been pretty insane this year. Yeah, so like that's even more, you know, reason to, you know, when you're looking at your defense, um, you know, think about that, you know, regardless of, you know, favorite underdog, this and that, like, I mean, in this case, the Chiefs are favored against the the Raiders, no problem. But yeah, you know, uh, I think targeting the Chiefs defense uh, against O'Connell, the uh, Patriots defense against DeVito, like you're just, even if you don't get any other points, you could get to... 12 14 points just on sacks yeah <laughs> pretty nuts uh all right i i like kyler murray marquise brown uh in as, as a stack because marquise brown has been super quiet since kyra came back but he's still the number one receiver for the cardinals he's still running around uh 95 to 100 percent of murray's dropbacks and he's down to he's just 5200 on DraftKings. and the one thing i've noticed and Part of the reason why Brown has been so quiet is he was more of like a volume number one receiver with, with Josh Dobbs and 
Clayton Toon. I, I mean, Clayton Toon didn't really have receivers. He just kind of threw the ball into the ground or got sacked or picked. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with Murray, Brown has been more of a you know downfield deep threat, kind of harkening back to his rookie year. Right? So he's not going to be as consistent, but his average depth of target is 21 in the two games with Kyler. So Kyler's looking for him down the field. Eventually, they're going to start connecting and Brown, because he's also running the most routes and is essentially their de facto number one receiver, uh, he could supplement, you know, if he catches a deep ball, he could still catch four or five other passes. Like it's not, he's not one of those guys that's going to catch one deep ball and that's it necessarily. He could, but um, he has that upside to do both. So love buying low on him uh, coming off a few bad games going up against the Rams and uh, obligatory mention. CJ Stroud, Tank Dell every week. <laughs> just, just book it. <laughs> there you go. What about for dart throws? Are you like, y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, so dart throws, obviously, Aiden O'Connell at 5K. Uh, Desmond Ritter at 4,800 is worth a mention. I mean, it's his job again. Uh, he has some upside, at least, uh, against the Saints. So got to roll with him in a few lineups, at least. Uh, at running back, uh, this is actually more of a dart throw than Charbonnet, I guess. Uh, Tajay Spears, 4,400 against the Panthers. This normally isn't a spot where you'd like to use them because the Titans should lead this game. This should be a big Derrick Henry game. But, you know, there could just be more volume overall to go around for running backs here. You know, the Panthers ranked dead last in DVOA against the run. So Spears, you know, he could break a big run or two here. Definitely worth a flyer. I think, you know, the market's pretty sharp now. So his roster ship might be a little bit lower because it is a Henry game. So I like Spears there. Uh, for wide receiver, a couple really good cheap options. Justin Watson, for some reason, is men price. He's Patrick Mahomes' main deep threat right now. Caught five balls for 53 yards and a touchdown uh, against the Eagles. And, you know, MVS has really struggled. He dropped that wide open touchdown. Uh, so even more reason for Mahomes to just target Justin Watson deep going forward. Um, and I, I do like your your card stack. I would also say Michael Wilson's in play. Uh, mm-hmm. If he does suit up, you know, he's 3,200. Um, so assuming he does return, he could be overlooked here uh, after not playing last week. He, he has big playability. We know that. But he also thrives against zone. So it's a good matchup for him against the Rams who, who use zone at a pretty high rate. Um, and then at tight end, I already mentioned it, but Michael Mayer at 2,600. Um, you know, what should be a trailing game script against the Chiefs. I love that play. He ran uh, 72% uh, routes run last week, caught four balls for 46 yards. He was supposed to be the the top drafted tight end uh, in this year's class, uh, mainly due to, you know, he's a good blocker, but he's a pretty good pass catcher too. So I think he's only going to get better in the second half. I I think the Raiders are, you know, kind of evaluating for the future. So it's encouraging to see his usage go up. And I think, you know, the catches, the yards, the touchdowns potentially will will come eventually. So I like taking Mayer uh, at twenty six hundred here. Yeah, another one of those rookies that's you know going to keep going to keep breaking out, and he keeps uh, seeing more playing time under this new uh, regime. I like at running back Tyra Algier, and he's essentially just the cheapest back that I you could he, he could conceivably get you know fifteen to twenty carries because we never know what Arthur Smith is going to do or how that backfield is going to kind of shake out. So uh, Algier is just 4,600 on DraftKings and 5,600 on FanDuel. They are at home against the Saints. Uh, As you mentioned, they're going back to Ritter. So, you know, maybe they go a little run heavier. You know, they keep oscillating between quarterbacks. But, um, you know, every time we think B. John Robinson, it's like, all right, he's finally going to, take control of the backfield like he had 22 carries last game like all right that, that's it from now here on out Arthur Smith goes right back to <laughs> Algier uh, so you know I think that's surely a possibility uh in this spot because he's Arthur Smith has said it he's like you know the reason I do it is because they it, it's like the, it, it actually works as decoys like and and, it, and to it to an extent, it actually has. I mean, you have guys like Johnu Smith putting up career years um, because you know you're, you're, the defense is concerned with Bijan and and uh, and Kyle Pitts and, and whatnot. So uh, you you see it work on occasion. So I think I think Algier is like kind of a sneaky one that no one's really 
everyone probably kind of gave up on him after uh, Bijan had those 22 carries before the bye. Uh, wide receiver, A.T. Perry in that same game <laughs> for the Saints. He yeah. ran around on 89% of the dropbacks uh, in place of Michael Thomas uh, before the bye. And so, you know, I think Rashid Shaheed is going to get a lot of the hype and for good reason. You know, he's an exciting player. We've both loved him for a while. Super explosive. But A.T. Perry is more of the one-for-one Thomas replacement. Rookie coming off a of bye who saw essentially 90% of the snaps uh, heading into the bye. That just screams uh, potential breakout here. So 3,200 on DraftKings, 4,700 on FanDuel. Just, that's just 200 above the minimum uh, on both sites. I think he's very intriguing. And Kate Otten at tight end is just 3,200 on DK, 5K on FanDuel. And the Colts are bottom six defense against tight ends. And this game could have some sneaky scoring potential for one it's indoors in in the dome in indianapolis two the bucks are going through some injuries on defense both of their starting corners and then levante david's also banged up so if they don't if they're down you know a bunch of those key players uh you know this game could go over that 43 43 and a half total so then you'd want to have you know more guys in this game besides just, you know, Mike Evans and uh, and Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, like Kate Otten, I think he's sneaky. He's been running around about 90% of the time and uh, been more productive over the last month, month and a half uh, with Baker Mayfield. So, like Otten as well. Yeah, I love the uh, Perry call. A lot, of, a lot of good cheap receivers in that low 3K range uh, this week. Yep, yep. Michael Wilson, if he comes back, I think you mentioned, uh, is another yeah. one. Even Rondale, I mean – He's 3,600. Oh, yeah. Khalil Shakir is 3,600. Uh, Marvin Mims is 3,400. So, yeah, there are some nice. some interesting options there. And even, I mean, Julio Jones ran around on 75% of the draftbacks yeah. for the Eagles <laughs> without uh, Goddard. So even, I mean, it's, it's he's a ghost at this point, but that's a lot of routes for essentially men price. So it's another, another one to... Uh, to keep in mind, let's go and build a lineup. Go DK main slate. Uh, you can start us off. All right. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll probably go with a. Um, let's see for this slate. Is Tank Dell still fifty eight hundred? Uh, <laughs> nope. Even if he's nope. not, who cares? Sixty nine hundred. Any juice? Any price? Take him at any price. Um. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, I'll just go with my standard. Uh. Trey McBride at 4,700 to kick things off. Fair. Can't hate on that one. All right. Let's see. Got to be strategic about this. Ooh, I know what I'm going to do. Maybe this will even, maybe we'll end up going head to head on something because I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I know you like a lot of the Raiders. So we'll see how that goes with uh, that. 3,100. Against the Eagles, they put up seven. Uh, fantasy points that was the first time in five games they hadn't put up double digits uh, so this defense has been very yeah. good and now you're getting potential picks potential sacks as you said uh with uh with o'connell so yep 3100 seems like the cheapest you know high upside defense uh, i think on this week yeah no i was gonna go with them next um to be clear Aiden o'connell is only a large <laughs> tournament gbp type of play uh the Chiefs defense is absolutely the cash play here I was gonna go there uh so I'll go with uh Rashid Shahid at uh 4300 who's also I guess more of a GPP play but I like him at this price yeah just because you know we don't know like his his style of play I I think still leads to volatility um even with Thomas out so yeah I would call him more of a GPP let's go with Jalen Warren at 5400 new offensive coordinator I feel like That's got to be, I mean, they already started using it more. Uh, you know, we talked about this. Uh, he's essentially the starter now, quote unquote. But uh, I feel like if you're a new offensive coordinator for the Steelers, that's got to be like one of the top orders of business is make sure this guy sees the ball more than he has been. Um, damn, I was I was thinking about him too. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Cal Rindley. Uh He's a little bit too cheap at 6K. I'm surprised he's that cheap after his big game last week. Um, hopefully that's here to stay. Uh, but I do like Ridley's upside here against the Texans. Oh no, seems a little chasey. Seems a little chasey. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I preface with that. But Ridley, Ridley is good. I mean, yeah. I don't know. If there's, if there's a wide receiver I don't mind chasing, it's Calvin Ridley. All right. Let's go with 
Go Derrick Henry, 6,400 at home against that last-ranked Panther D. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, shoot. I think I'll go with the quarterback here. Um, just trying to see. I have 5,800 remaining per player. I don't feel like spending down, so I'll get Kyler at 6,900. Yeah, that's a good one. And good value there. Yeah. Like him. I've got an average of 58.50 per player. Still haven't taken a wide receiver, so let's see. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go with Perry. Let's go A.T. Perry at 3,200. Nice. <laughs> Make this interesting here. Flash before the bye. Got caught his first, caught his first yeah. touchdown. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come, but uh, expecting a pretty – Pretty robust uh, workload in terms of snaps. Yep. I'm going to go defense here. You you already stole my pick. This is a common theme uh, with you <laughs> most weeks. Uh, I should just take a defense first. Uh, yeah, game uh, theory. You got to go through I, the, yeah, the onesie positions I, first if, if the well, other person has it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the more I look at it, yeah, the Chiefs are phenomenal play at 3,100. I'm going to do something you kind of did. Uh, you did this the other week. Um, I'm paying down. They're twenty and hundred, uh, and they're facing a pretty good offense, but they're very volatile. It's I, I'm going with the Eagles against the Bills. Ooh, um, that's interesting. So they're they're cheap, but you know, Josh Allen will probably have to sling it around here. Some potential sacks, some yep. potential picks, and yeah, just Jalen Carter has been playing out of his mind as a rookie. And did you see he almost intercepted yep. uh, Patrick Mahomes? Oh spike. yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. If that happened. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you mentioned it, just defenses are so volatile. Sometimes it's worth it just to spend down, see what happens. And that's, that's kind of what I'm doing here. Yeah. I mean, in the Eagles, you know, it's expected to be a high scoring, higher scoring game. So you never know, uh, you might get a return. You might get something, like you said, Josh Allen, uh, a turnover. So you might get in the end zone on defense. Like it, there's, yep. you don't, you don't just have to like limit the opposing offense to a, a yeah. low point total to have a lot of points uh, on defense. So now I got 63.80 average uh, salary for a quarterback, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. Damn, I wish Burrow was still uh, healthy. Then Tanner Hudson would be fun at, at 2,700, but not with yeah. Browning. I mean, maybe they want Browning to just check it down to Hudson, though. Who knows? Right, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. No, I'm not going to go there, though. Jack Stoll's available at 3K. <laughs> I think if, if I want, would uh, pass. <laughs> one catch for three yards. I'm going to go Kincaid here. He's you know being on a, on a tear. Philadelphia's 32nd in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, Buffalo should have to throw, like you said, mm-hmm. early and often, and it's tough to run, too, so you might see a pass-heavy game script here. So, yeah, let's go Kincaid at 5,300. All right, well, I, I have to start taking running backs, so I'll kick it off with Rashad White at uh, 6,100. Great pick. Uh, much better play on – well, he's good on FanDuel too, but like DK, a full PPR, he's much better there. So I'll go with uh, Rashad White. Absolutely. Let's go Michael Pittman. 6,800 going up against the Bucks. Might have some banged up uh, corners, and mm. Pittman has eight catches each of the last three games. He has <laughs> – Wow, I didn't even realize how many he has. He has seven games with eight or more catches this year. That is beautiful for DraftKings. He's pretty good. How many of those are with Minshew? Probably most of them, right? Like, yeah, I mean, Minshew's been the starter for most of the year. He's only like he's got more games with eight plus catches in without. Uh, but yeah, each of the last three and four of the last five, those mm-hmm. were all with Minshew. Um, and then yeah, and then yeah, because Richardson I think went down in week five. So yeah, f- four of the last. The last four of the last five, he's got eight. He's got nine, and then one down game with two. But he had eighty-three yards in that game, just two catches for eighty-three. Then eight, eight, eight uh, again. <laughs> yeah, so, this I mean, is ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of it's like his, uh, it's kind of been going under the radar a little bit, but yeah, his yeah. one catch game was the, the I think the lone full game Anthony Richardson played. Yep, yep. He had a, in in week four against the Rams, one catch for yep. fifteen yards on five targets. That was really his only bad game because he had two catches 83 yards and a touch against cleveland yeah um, and yeah he's been double digits every every other week but that one catch game so yep go Pittman at 6800 all right well i'll uh i'll take another running back here I'll, I'll counter your chief's defense with isaiah pacheco at uh 6200 again you know after after that game it would not shock me if the chiefs lean on the run a bit more and they should still be uh you know the, the raiders that way so i think pacheco has a big game here 
uh, probably a little too cheap at 6,200. Yep. He's uh, Jared McKinnon's like an afterthought this year. After, after that, all those touchdowns last year. Yeah. Did you call that what he was one of your fades? Yeah. Yeah. Those, I have uh, him like under some PPR. yardage number that he's, he's uh, oh, you, going under. <laughs> oh, you took him. a prop too? Yeah. Yeah. He had a prop? Uh, yeah. I he remember. Had a, like a, I think it was like 750 receiving and rushing combined or something like that. Oh, something wow. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Something that was like way too high. Wow. Um, I, I remember you saying, you know, fading PPR backs that are coming off a big year because yep, yep. they're a bit more volatile. Uh, so that, that made a ton of sense, but yeah, it's, uh, it's still crazy to see how you know, little he's producing. Yeah. Those, both PPR guys, it's like, you almost always get caught chasing if you kind of project them in. Cause by nature, yeah. you know, they're, they depend on game script and, you know, they're kind of depend on what else is going on. Like, is it opposing defenses blitzing a lot? Are there other yeah. receivers that are going to demand a higher target share? Is the quarterback even a guy who checks down? Like, just a lot that can go on with those guys. But, uh, all right, I got 6,600 for a quarterback wide receiver flex. So, in pretty good shape here. But stay in that same Bucks game. It will go Mike Evans at 7,400. So, I got Pittman and Evans. Nice. What I was considering – uh well I guess counter you but I, I'm just deciding if I want to go there. Okay. Uh, with the other Bucks receiver. Ooh. Um, Godwin or, Ot- or Otten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, no, you no, 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 not even a, no, 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 no. Trey Palmer. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Raheem Jarrett. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> Devin Tompkins. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, now we're talking. <laughs> um. No, actually, I already have their second best receiver, Rashad yeah, White. Pretty much. Um, God, like, there's no gimmies at receiver. Um, oh, all right, I'm gonna just do this. Demario Douglas at 4,400 against the Giants. Just give me a high floor guy. No, I like that. I mean, yeah, I think that's a really good value. Yeah, yeah you know, he hasn't uh, he hasn't scored yet, uh, or yeah, at least he hasn't scored in the last few games. So that's you know, he, his value could go up if he. Puts up that same volume and gets in the end zone. Nah, he's the Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I know, right? Just yeah, I mean the Patriots don't throw touchdowns. Game and... The Patriots yeah, don't oh, throw that touchdowns. is true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an everybody problem. But yeah, it's, you know, six or seven catches a game, no touchdowns. The Jacoby Myers special—that's totally fine with me here at forty-four hundred. All right, I got sixty-two hundred for a quarterback and a flex. I'll go with uh, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, sixty-four hundred. Nice. Hopefully he throws uh, plenty of touchdowns to Calvin Ridley again. <laughs> yeah, um, counter your Ridley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was mad that I went with Douglas because I, I I was facing this situation where I have 8,500 left over. It's a bad week to have 8,500 left over, I'll tell you that. Uh, so I can take Alvin Kamara at mm-hmm. 8,400, which is way overpriced, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, still not a bad play. If I have to pick somebody, it's not bad. Cooper Cup. Uh, is AK, but we don't even know if he'll play. Um, I'm 0 for 4 on gambling on questionable players on, yeah, on Tuesday. Right. Uh, Puka Nakua is 7,600. Uh, he's questioned, or yeah, he picked up a shoulder injury, but he came back in the game, Cooper, though, or he was like playing yeah, through it. He was playing through it. Yeah. So I, I'm going with Puka Nakua because if Cooper Cup is held out, you know, Nakua's projection is going to go up even more. Uh, so he'll be a value there. I just wish I played it a little bit differently so I didn't have $900 left on the table. But it is what it is. That's what happens when you're drafting teams like this. <laughs> I dig it, man. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's tough. It's, I got, so I got <laughs> 6K for a flex. The top guys are Devin Singletary, Ridley, who, you've, who you took, James Conner, who, eh, I mean, not, not a terrible play, actually. Uh, Amari Cooper. He has DTR, Ramondre Stevenson, who is questionable, but that Stevenson's actually interesting. Let's mm-hmm. see. What is his injury? Not considered serious. Uh, hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm going, I'm between Stevenson or stacking Lawrence with Kirk, or I could go Javante Williams, but that's up against Cleveland. Yeah, that's what I kept saying. Javante's price was. Awfully appealing until I kept seeing the uh, opponent, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't been consistent enough to, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of do that. So I'm going to go – let's go Stevenson here. That's – he got 20 yeah. carries in that, you know, the Patriots finally had a decent game script. 
got 20 carries in that game. I think they need to continue to ride him, and they might actually be able to. They're favorites against the Giants. I mean, yep. not that that means much, but, uh, you know, the Giants <laughs> did get a lot of luck, you know, turnovers. I think Washington had six turnovers. So um, I think mm-hmm. Stevenson has a chance for another 20-carry game. So, uh, yeah, we'll go Ramondre here. So I uh, got Lawrence at quarterback, Warren and Derrick Henry at, at running back. 5,400 and 6,400 respectively. Lawrence was 6,400 at quarterback. Wide receivers, Mike Evans, 7,400 at the Colts. Mike Pittman, 6,800 against the Bucks, And A.T. Perry, 3,200 against the Falcons. Dalton Kincaid at tight end, 5,300 at Philly. Ramondre, 5,800 at the Giants in the flex. And then the Chiefs D going up against the Raiders at 3,100. What you got? Uh, I went with Kyler. Murray at a quarterback. My running backs are Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White. Uh, my wide receivers are Demario Douglas, Calvin Ridley, Rashid Shahid. Uh, my tight end is Trey McBride for, I believe, the third week in a row now. <laughs> uh, and my flex is Puka Nakua. And, you know, my defense, I went with the Eagles uh, against the Bills. I went the cheap route, 2900 But then I ended up with $900 left over anyway. So I probably could have spent up. And hindsight at defense, but I do like the, the upside potentially against the Bills here. Yeah, and so you know, it's a unique lineup. I'm sure many, not many lines are going to have 900 left over in the Eagles at defense. So, yeah, yeah, no, for for uh, tournaments, especially yep, with yep. a guy like Shahid in there. But uh, facing head to head with you, terrible strategy, terrible. I mean, I kind of leaned a little more tournament, <laughs> kind of like you know. I mean, I got Lawrence, Henry, Warren. I mean, those guys aren't At Perry. Those. It's more of a tournament type. Yeah, of that's true. AT Perry is definitely a tournament play. Yeah, um, and I'm hoping to break my streak of having a guy not play. I, Michael Wilson wasn't even on the injury report this time last week, right? Yeah, no, uh, I think I, that was a, a midweek injury. Yeah, I, I took a zero from him. Um, Nakua is is questionable, I guess, with the shoulder injury, but you said he played through it. So fingers crossed that none of these guys just randomly, uh, you know, get ruled out, uh, which has been a common theme for me lately. Yeah, man, uh, definitely uh, hope that that does not happen because, I mean, it's been – I feel like, yeah, it's been what? It's definitely been like three, four weeks in a row and probably like six or seven times this season, I think. But that's what so happens. You've had you, some too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes it happens. But, yeah, that reminder, everyone, make sure you check your lineups uh, closer to lock. Check those injury reports. Final injury reports come out on Friday, so, uh, you know, for the Sunday game. So be sure to check those. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us. If you are looking for our breakdown of the Friday uh, slate between the Dolphins and Jets, that'll be on our night shift episode along with the Sunday and Monday night DFS slates right here on this channel. And we also got our player projections episode out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel, actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy embedding content fantasywebs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget about that Action Network Discord. Link in the episode description. Sean is on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. I are at those same handles on a free award-winning Action Network app. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get this money. The first Thanksgiving Day game ever played was here in Detroit, the Chicago Bears at Detroit. And to me, there's nothing better. There's just certain things that go together. You know, the turkey, the family, the tradition football and we have it all today action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24 7 at 1-800-GAMBLER